Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I didn't realize it was already time to record, so I was busy. I was nose deep in the stock market, by the way. Oh, yeah? How, how did we do? We're doing well. Yeah, we're doing really good. By the way, it's my new side gig. Is it? There's a couple times where I've gotten a little bit obsessed and I keep checking it, and then I'll go a day and I'm like, I think maybe it was Good Friday when it was closed and I was on a roll checking all the time. And then since the weekend, I haven't really checked. This morning I did once. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it's better than I thought it was going to be. All right. So that's it. Yeah. Our intercom stock went up. It, it went up like, oh, did oh, it? yeah, like 11% or something like that today. I might be exaggerating. Let me double check. Yeah. 11%. Okay. So I don't I, know what I, that means in like terms of like how many cents or dollars, but so it was um, somewhere around eighty or ninety cents. It's a little over a dollar now. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's good. That's good. That's a good sign. But, you uh, know what? I'll I'll take a I'll take the W. So, exactly. Yeah. And, and I was excited too on Friday. I text my friend. I was like, dude, what time do the markets open? It was like nine o'clock. He's like, they're closed because of Good Friday. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. Which I had no idea until I was like, hmm. Everything doesn't seem to be moving on my little ticker. Interesting. And then I looked it up and I was like, okay, well, there you go. So something I've learned about investment folks, for lack of better terms, and I could be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. But they'll never actually tell you what to do. They'll do like you could. Oh, you mean like a financial advisor person? Yeah. Maybe they're in wealth management. They're in finance. They manage some fund, you know, because there's a lot more people that do that than you would really, than you would really think. At least I run into them on the golf course a lot. Okay. And so those people and don't just like you. Are you hoping to get like a tip out of them, and they never say, kind of like yes. when I was like, "Hey, buy this one stock. It's really cheap," and you're like, "Okay." Exactly. Yes. Like you know, but that's that's word of mouth. That there's nothing to that. We're just friends talking about it. But I think to them, and it's I their profession. And I, I'm not an expert by any means. I just got an email and I was like, oh, the stock's at 50 cents. <laughs> well, why not throw $100 at it? Yeah, it's in, and it's, it's done really well. And, and so I have run, so usually when I play golf during the week, it has to be early in the morning. Well, after I did that for quite a while, I realized that normally the people I was being paired up with owned their own business or they worked, you know, they could work from their phone or they manage, they're a manager of some sort where they don't have to be in the office so they can be on the golf course. And so I would kind of pick the brain of the people I'd play with that were investors or worked in wealth management. And 
ask him about the stock market. And I realized that no one would ever give me advice. Well, I have a friend of mine named Dominic who he works in wealth management. Like he, he's, you know, just graduated with his degree in finance. I could get that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is, uh, or accounting or something. I and mean, he works in Lake Jackson for a wealth management company. And he's kind of new to the stock market too, but I was asking him questions and even he won't tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, come on, man, wow. friends. Like what, should I sell this or should I just hold on to it longer? He's like, I don't know. It depends on what you want. Do you want long-term or are you looking for short-term money? Or are you looking for, I'm like, no, man, I just want you to tell me, sell the stock and make your profit. Yeah. Don't. And what's funny because you find those websites that'll say strong buy and don't buy, hold, you know, whatever. But I guess when it comes to real people, maybe well, it's I easier to spout off the uh, advice on, on the internet. Yeah. And those people might not be employed or they're just trying to, you know, gain a following because I thought about it. I was like, you know, I'm not, a, all I have to do is put a disclaimer. Hey, look, don't take my stock advice, but I'm really getting into this. If you want to follow my journey, follow, uh, join my Instagram blog about stocks. <laughs> As I started realizing, I was like, man, I have like six stocks that I've bought. Like I, I'm diversifying my own portfolio over here. I felt like I was like a stock market whiz, you know? Yeah. I, th I think I bought into five or six six different stocks but the problem is the only they were all cheap they were all like at under or slightly above a dollar the stock was when i bought it and they're all covid19 um <laughs> you know companies that are trying to like make uh, a cure or a vaccine or something yeah well, so the i one figure that... strike while the iron's hot yeah well you know, the MBRX is, I cannot say the name. I've tried pronouncing it quite a few times, but I can't say the name oh, very well. Oh, the name of the company is like Mo Mosellin or something like that. Yeah. It's like bio biology molecules is what my head sees, but that's not what it is. It's like molecules yeah, and I biology. M-O-L-E-C-U-L-I-N. Mosellin. I think that's what it is. Am I right? Yeah. M-O-L-E-C-U-L-I-N. So, Moleculin yeah, gonna... Biotech. That's what I'm going to go with. Oh, see. Moleculin. See, I was like Moselin. Like, see, I totally like slaughtered it. Yeah. So you're. I've been, I've been looking at it for a while though, trying to figure it out. And, and just now it came way easier than it has ever, but it's a dollar 30 and I bought it for 47 cents. Okay. And I bought it at when it was at 60, I think. It was up to $1.56 last week. And the reason being is because news broke that they had the, uh, a compound that could stop the replication of the coronavirus 100%. And so immediately people ran with that as if they had found the cure, which I am guilty of that too. I was texting my friends, Hey, I think they found the cure, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but, but yeah, but really what it is, is, is a compound that goes to the drug is from what, from what I can understand. Cause I, I'm, I'm not kidding you, Aaron. I am deep. I am deep in my spare time reading well, these biology um, articles and stuff. I forged you that email from yesterday, right? Which one? Apparently there's going to be a conference call. And I think that's the reason why it started going up again, because they were going to talk about it. On oh, that conference. I, I think the that. conference call is either tomorrow or Thursday. I might have to be there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I wonder if they'll the allow email. me to answer questions, ask questions. Well, I mean, it was a press release, so you might be able to, you know. It's a public let me, yeah, let me see. Let me go to my. Um, and, and, and essentially, what what I they did put out some news report how 
they didn't find the cure and they didn't try to insinuate that. They just found something that stops the replication of the virus, which can be used as a drug compound in coordination with other people's efforts. And it still has to go through trials. Like they tried really hard to clarify that they didn't have the, the cure, quote unquote. You know, at least that's how I um, deciphered the weird articles written about them. It's Thursday between 4.30 and 5, or that's Eastern, so 3.30 and 4, our time. And there's the link on that email I sent you. All right, I'm in there. (laughs) You're going to be on the conference call. And it's uh, to discuss the COVID-19 potential drug candidate. So, there yeah. it is. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. We got to get this done. And if so, I'll give you all the credit. I'll, I'll buy you dinner or lunch or something. <laughs> you. You're welcome. Well, you know, it, uh, and, and so my friend Dominic, you know, I had told him about that stock when you told me about it and I, and I felt like I believed in it. I was like, Oh, I feel like this is a good, good buy. And when I showed him the big surge, he's like, Oh, I knew I should have done it. When you, you told me, man, you told me. And, and it's, it's funny how I, I told him, I feel like the online poker player invading the world series of poker. Like I'm so unorthodox and I'm not really, you know, like I'm not a stockbroker whatsoever, you know, I'm just in there messing around and kind of getting lucky, so to speak. Well, you know? I feel like I figure at the time, which I mean, still it's a dollar or whatever, but I mean, you had nothing to lose. You know what well, I mean? I was going to spend that money anywhere else. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything, now uh, COVID-19 and being quarantined at your house, you're not spending money on nachos every day. Exactly. Now you can do this. There, there's a, mm-hmm. oh, so there's this thing on, uh, it's a TD Ameritrade app you can download for your computer called Think or Swim. And so it's like this huge grid of all these different things. And I was deep reading about calls and puts and options and stuff. So like I have Planet Fitness, right? And so there's a way somehow that I can um, sell, offer my stocks that I own. I can offer 10 of them for really cheap. And if someone offers to buy them, then they can buy them. And if the price doesn't get to a certain amount, then I get twice that money back. So it's like this game within the stock market. I don't understand it enough to do it. Okay. Cause sometimes there is some terminology that like, I don't understand, you know, when I bought the stocks, it'll say limit, this that and i'm like mm, i don't know what that means but we're just gonna buy it and see what happens yeah so i've been watching videos to try and learn what it all means and I, they start losing me but i i've always had this theory as a kid that if i would just read something enough i could soak it in and figure it out like if i could just inundate myself with enough of the information eventually i could understand what it was and what was going on you know what i told myself uh that about um you know, playing the piano. If I just try hard enough, it'll just happen. But it so happen? far, um, well, I've got, I got like a part of a song by watching it and listening, but I don't know what I'm pressing. I don't know what keys I'm pressing to save my life. I know what you're saying. Like you couldn't, you, if you were, if they showed you the same music on a chart, you wouldn't know what it was that you were. Oh yeah. I'd be like, hmm. Do you know okay. how to read music? Hell no. Oh, you don't know how to read when music? I was, when I was in the fourth grade, I, we all had to pick a musical instrument in the fourth grade. And uh, they got all the musical instruments, and you went around and figured out which one interests you. I realized really quickly I don't have the coordination for drums. Um, 
and and everybody always wanted to play the drums right um and the other options were like saxophone well no sorry um that to me is not sexy clarinet everybody played the clarinet so i was like i'll play the flute and i could not read the music it's like as fast as my mind and my hands as soon as i figured it out it was we were already like five notes past it. You know what I mean? So I always had to write the letter above the note so that I'd know if it was A, I would just, you know, play A versus the musical note. Yeah, Does that make I, sense? For sure. It was face and then all good dogs go to heaven or something like that. It was, or all good dogs get fleas or it was like, that's, that was the way to remember the, the, the notes. F-A-C-E. Oh. And then all something, something, something. Yeah, that's what yeah. I remember. I played the French horn in seventh grade, and it wasn't for me. Uh, I tried it, but it was really boring. Could, couldn't hang mm-hmm. on. Doing the trumpet, I I don't think I would have. Oh yeah, that. we got to like put your lips together and yeah, make a sound. Yeah, that was really, same thing with the French horn. It's really tough. And then the uh, and then but also the saxophone with a reed is really t- difficult too. Apparently, once you figure out how to do it, it's easy. But I, I I tried to play the saxophone. I really couldn't keep the steady flow of air to create the sound with the reed. Yeah. I wish I would have picked something else. I, I can't remember if violin was an option. I feel like it was. And my friend played violin. And now it's like, hmm, that would have been something kind of cool to play or guitar. But I don't think guitar was an option. But Yeah, you could set up uh, like a, a little stage out in your driveway with a violin and ser- serenade the neighbors with classical music. Or, you know, screeching <laughs> violin sounds. <laughs> like terrible uh, notes. That's one thing about being in quarantine. All of the things that I thought I would be doing that I haven't done. And I'm like, there is a small part of me that I will be a little sad when it's over. I know that sounds weird, but... It, Why, because you didn't do something? Was, yeah, like... I was really hoping that I would get way more organized or that I would like start this fitness routine or, you know, it's like, look around my room. There's like all this crap that I need to, uh, put away, do, um, hang up. And I haven't done any of it. Well, when we get done doing the podcast, do it. Yeah. I mean, I started a second ago with my, I have this printer that I've had forever. It's a wireless, uh, printer all in one copier whatever and i've never hooked it up and so i'm like all right screw it let's hook this bad boy up well i hook it up then it doesn't work because the ink in it is so old it's dried up so i order more ink on amazon it comes i put it in there i'm like oh boom this is easy and then i start seeing if i can copy because it's got a little copy machine nothing's coming out like the ink's still not coming out so i'm like hmm so i've ran through it like a million times cleaning it to try to make it work and i still can't make it work the only thing that'll print is in hot pink and yellow i mean what else do you need really i mean i mean i guess it gives it a little flavor but hey, well still. you just have to get black just have to get black paper maybe yeah or yeah i don't know what the heck but that's how you gotta do it you gotta get to black like, paper make it make the most of it figure this bad boy out so i was telling uh, a random friend on facebook that either I'm getting fat and my mind is just telling myself that it looks good and it looks like I'm not getting fat. It looks like I'm getting fit. 
or I'm actually toning up a little bit. That weight makes a lot. no sense. Yes. Yeah, so, so it checks out. So as I've gained weight, I've gained weight a lot in my life and lost weight, usually through radio endorsements, you know, when, during the gaining weight process, while I would see myself in the mirror, I would think that I still looked fine. In fact, sometimes I would convince myself that I looked better because I could see a new curve in my stomach, but I thought it was an ab when it was really a new roll developing in my back. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, like, and then all of a sudden I'm like, what? I weigh 230? Like, had no idea I was gaining weight. You know, I was coping with it in my mind saying I looked great, and which is okay. Fine. And I think we all do. I, I wish I had your, whatever you got going out in your brain. Right oh now. yeah. Well, we never notice it till it's too late. Usually that we've kind of gone, gone that far off astray of what we consider where we want to be, you know? And yeah. so I, I, I try to pay pretty close attention to whether I'm close to where I want to be or not. But I man, I've been doing burpees in here, like sets of burpees and, and cycles with my 20 pound dumbbell. Like I'm getting out and doing pushups and crunches every day. Like it's been, I've been getting after it. I was like, I might come out. It's like, I'm like in a cocoon going to come out a butterfly when this is all said and done. <laughs> well, I have my bike. So I told myself today, instead of going to Walgreens to pick my, my prescription via my car, I rode my bike there because it was a gorgeous day. Um, I've been walking my dogs more, but I've been drinking more wine. So that's not really helping. But I don't think wine is bad for you like that. It's not beer. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. But the other thing I've been doing that, okay, so I have, I'll admit, I have cellulite. It's probably the thing I, on my body I hate the most. And I wish, and I feel like I've had it ever since I was in high school, but I wish I would have taken a picture of me in high school in the backs of my legs to compare what it looks like now, all these years later. But I bought this thing called the Fascia Blaster. I might have talked to you about it before, but I figure, well, I'm in quarantine. No one's really going to see me. I'll just use the crap out of this thing, hoping that my cellulite looks better. The only problem is when you use a fascia blaster, you bruise up like a freaking banana. So my, the backs of my legs and my butt cheeks and my, on the <laughs> sides of my legs look like I got in a car accident. It is oh terrible. Oh my gosh. Pain yeah, is beauty, so Aaron. Like, pain is beauty. I know, but still like now I'm, self-conscious to wear shorts and so i'm like i'm self-conscious no matter what i do well does it hurt like a bruise or does it just look like a bruise no it hurts like well and when you do it it's um so it's this thing with little prongs on it to stick and it's got like four or five different prongs on it depending you know i've got two of them one's got smaller ones one's got a bigger one and um and you're supposed to rub it and it hurts when you rub it like you wouldn't think it would hurt, but it hurts, you know, cause it's like that it's massaging that layer of connective tissue over your muscle. And for some reason it hurts. And well, it's well, kind of it, like what, it's like what gives you knots on your back. You know, when you got a knot, oh, yeah. you can use this thing to do rub that out too. I got you. So, it, it, I mean, remind, my thought was it made me think about a foam roller where like when you're really tight near a, a really tender yes. section and you're like, oh, you can feel them. You can feel like you have to break through something almost to get to stretch yep. the muscle. That, Man, yeah. That, well, I, mean, I hope it works. like that because some, sometimes I do my foam roller on my butt cheeks and uh, on, on my legs. And if I, because I'll find a knot because I have like this one on my right butt cheek this is so weird i it gets really tight and so i can i can 
roll it and I can feel this like giant knot in it and I can do that long enough and I'll have a bruise in my butt from Man, it. But, but from does it get the knot roller. out? It makes it feel a whole lot better and then I'll start stretching, you know, like trying to touch my toes because I can't touch my toes. So that's it's all in an effort to try to do that. Yeah, I got I got after the foam roller pretty good the last time I went to Lifetime. And I, you can, and I, you should buy one and just have one at oh, your I know. place. I should, I should. Hey, maybe that's the next investment. Oh, my God. It's like you can get one at the $5 store for $5. I, I, I know. I was going to say they're super cheap. They're not – it's not like yeah. they're – you probably get one at Walmart right now. The, Which uh, I've been to Walmart like five times. But yeah. yeah, I haven't been to Walmart yet. I've been to H-E-B and Fiesta. I went to Walmart just because I was like, hmm, I need some light bulbs for my car go to walmart let me go and i bought the most random things if you look at my cart you're like is this really a necessity <laughs> is this is this essential travel right now man <laughs> right. i made a tomatilla salsa t yesterday or like green okay. salsa salsa verde unbelievable it was so easy I, I was so mad at myself for having never googled that before literally Ooh, tomatillos jalapenos and a white onion Wait, say that one more time. How do you make Tom it? Tomatillos. I use three tomatillos, four jalapenos, and half a white onion. And uh, you oh, dice the damn. you di I dice the white onion. I put the tomatillo and the jalapenos in the broiler, right? Which I learned how to. That was the first okay. time I ever used a broiler, which I'm going to use way more now. And you just leave them in there until like the tomato starts to or the tomatillo starts to kind of pop and it kind of gets burnt. And then you kind of flip the jalapenos and they kind of get a blackish burnt look on them so then you take them all out and uh i use like five or six lime juice limes worth of juice so about a cup a cup and a half uh lime juice the onion the jalapenos the tomatillos toss them all in the blender oh and three garlic cloves done tasted amazing salt and pepper a little bit of salt and pepper some chips off the chain i was like wow i'm mad that it took me this long i am a oh well and it's funny that's one thing i always see because they always have at uh walmart in the produce section it's always roma tomatoes tomatillos uh jalapenos and onions all there together and i never i grabbed the rest of it to make guacamole but i never grabbed the tomatillos it made a lot it made so it, much that i was like what what am i there ain't no way i'm gonna eat all this like Maybe you start uh, canning it, and it can be like Nick's, Nick's tomatillo sauce. Oh, I like that. Nick's Salsa Verde. Man, watch out yeah. here. So I started mm -hmm. a million-dollar uh, idea right here. There you go. See, I'm glad I met you. You helped me make money on the stocks. <laughs> yeah. Now you helped me make my own salsa company. That's right. Nick's Sauce. But I really did start wondering how to make it taste better. I was like, man, I wonder what would make it taste even better. I probably wouldn't be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try green onion. Well, not green onion. Excuse me. Green apple. Oh, interesting. Because that's what they use at Pico's over uh, on Kirby and Richmond. Yeah. They got this, that green sauce has an apple, a hint of green apple to it. When they're you're like, oh, where, where did that tartness come from? It's green apple. Yep. That's so um, stock market cooking. My gosh, I, I'm becoming a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> oh, well, I was trying to think like, uh, what. What else did we have on the agenda for the podcast today? Well, I, my mind keeps going to the I Love You, Now Die show I watched. Oh, yes, because we're, well, that's the one thing, like binge-watching shows. I've got into Schitt's Creek, that show, on Netflix. I've, uh, I've heard of that before. I've never watched it, though. The premise is it's a family that was really wealthy, and they lost all of their money. Uh, the feds confiscated everything. And because uh, there was his, I guess his money manager 
basically took all of his money. And so the government went after him and um, he uh, at one time bought a, a town named Schitt's Creek as a joke. But apparently the government feels like that's the only thing that they're allowed to keep. So they get to keep this town and they move there. And it's the trials and tribulations of this rich family learning to live in Schitt's Creek. Gotcha. All right. So how, how many seasons, episodes are we talking here? Um, there's six seasons and it just finished in like forever. And, uh, I'm on season two and I think so. It's like 13 episodes a season. You're on season two, 13. So you got a long way to go. Well, or maybe I'm on season three now, but the show is like, it's only a half an hour. Oh, okay. That's not bad then. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it goes by pretty quickly. So and one one thing that's interesting, it's you. Uh, do you know who Eugene Levy is? Um, the actor, I, I only think of the other Levy guy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Was he from American Pie? The yes, dad? the dad okay. in American Pie with the big eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the dad on this, and the mom from uh, Home Alone is the mother. Oh, I like so both you of got them. Those, yeah. So those are the mom and dad. They have a son and a daughter. I don't know who the girl is in real life. Um, like, I don't recognize her from anything else. But the son on the show is actually his real son in real life. Oh, that's pretty and he, cool. Yeah. And um, I think his daughter is on the show in a different role. But it's just kind of funny, look, you know, seeing father and son act like father and son, but in a different way. Yeah. I bet you they really, do you think they got a bargain or you think they charge them high rate for both of them? Well, they, I guess the two of them created the show. Oh, well, that's cool. Even way cooler than. Yeah. So you'll have to check that out. But anyway, let's go to what you were telling me about your crime show. Because you were telling oh, yeah. me about this the other day. But So you, um, probably, you probably remember hearing about it in the news. It was in 2014. I remember it because I just moved here. And I remember talking to Greg Thunder about it. Like, wow, dude, did you hear this? Like, that's, I couldn't believe it. They were kids. You know, they're like 17 and 18-year-old kids. The girl was 16 or 17, I believe. The kid was definitely 18. And the story was about the girl who texted the boyfriend to kill himself. Yes. Okay, because I remember she, uh, I mean, it was national news, national she was headlines. In, oh, yeah, she was encouraging him to kill himself, and they said that he had text, she had texted him to get back in the truck, and that's that was yeah. kind of the narrative that I had heard and kind of that uh, the way I heard it was – that she was texting him incessantly telling him to kill himself and, and come on, go do it. You need to do it. You should do it. Like constantly mm-hmm. telling, like coaxing him, pushing him over the edge. And I remember thinking, wow, what a evil person, you know? Well, right. then I watched the documentary and okay. Aaron, let me unpack this. Okay. So this came out last year, first of all. So okay. this is, spoiler alert, whatever. Like I can talk, I feel like I have no issue. She was about just it. on trial. Yeah, yeah, she she's about she has like three, two or three more months left on her prison sentence, and um and she's done, and and so I've watched it twice now. So having watched it the second time, really kind of tied some stuff together. So they didn't meet no any more than five times in real life. All of their relationship over the course of like two and a half years was all text message, and Snapchat. That's it. And they, but they sent, what? but they sent hundreds of thousands of messages to each other, right? Okay. So the kid, his name, his, you know, I want to say his name was Conrad. It is Conrad. I, I've watched so many documentaries. I'm scared. I'm gonna like 
across oh, the, across all the names, right? So Conrad, it was Conrad, Conrad Roy the Third, I believe, array, and um, and he had tried to commit suicide on multiple occasions. He had said that you know, and and he had met this girl Michelle Carter at their beach house in Florida. And it just so happened that they lived about 30 minutes or an hour away from each other in Massachusetts. And, and so their families were friends, you know, so like the aunt invited, you know, introduced them all together. And so that's how they initially became connected. Well, to her, they were in a relationship and, and she played up this relationship with him and they were texting. I love you all the time. I love you too. Like deep, child love you know like Mm -hmm. constantly telling each other sweet things well at the same time um conrad was really having a tough time his apparently his his dad was abusive to his mom in front of him they went through a really violent divorce and then um on one occasion uh, he even got in a fist fight with his dad where the police were called like there was a lot of turmoil within the family and this documentary kind of brings all that out and kind of really expands on the text messages right well, okay. he, had, he had talked multiple times about trying different things to commit suicide and this and that. And she was like, oh, you know, your family would be sad. You don't want to do that. Trying to talk him out of it for months and months and months and months of this relationship. The way it seemed, he used her as the feed to his desire. He, she was the physical representation of the sadness that he felt about himself and the wanting to kill himself. And he would tell, he would express that to her. And he, one text message was like, look, you can't tell anybody about this because that's the only thing that would ever make me hate you. And she's like, I won't ever say a word about anything. And so he was confiding these deep, dark, like, feelings with her and like in one conversation he was saying how the devil talks to him and was telling him to kill everybody and while he was in the hospital for his overdose or whatever it was right so they put him in like the hospital wow yeah and then she's like oh the devil talks to me too blah 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 and this and that and maybe we're a match made in hell and this like this really weird stuff when they started unpacking all that you started to see that these kids had this weird text relationship that wasn't real life it was literally a fantasy in both of their heads you know oh my god the girl by the way she got released oh she's released yeah she got released in january Wow. I was attracted to her. Is that weird? <laughs> I, I liked her eyebrows. I don't why know. Why were you attracted to her? I don't know. Something that, well, she had really long hair. She was really tan. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for blondes, but like you, there was something. You are, you are a sucker for blondes that would kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so messed up and funny. <laughs> I, I just remember looking at her thinking, she's got the most intense eyebrows I've oh. ever seen in my entire life. For sure. But she, she was, she was a sociopath though. Like, so that, so they bring up this relationship that she was texting about with her friends with this girl named Alice that she met at softball camp and that they were really, you know, really great friends, but then it, you know, it kind of evolved and they started talking to each other like they were dating and she had all these deep feelings for Alice and blah, blah, blah. She was telling this, her friends about it. And this is all came out in the text messages that were part of the court, you know what I mean? The court documents. Mm -hmm. And, um, Alice and her mom refused to be on interview and, and said that whatever she says is not true. She is making it all up in her head. They wish not to be contacted about it. Like basically Alice claims that nothing that girl says is true. She is a sociopath. She made all that up in her head. It's not real. Interesting. 
And so they got her, they got her on, basically they didn't have, she, she waived the right to a jury by her peers. And so the judge would get to rule on the case. And, okay. and, and so that was a big, a, I wondered why she didn't have a jury trial, you know, trial by jury. And then when they interviewed the people, like the, the, just the regular people in Boston or around the area. Oh, was, I think I, I can see why. It was clear like, why. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, she does not want a jury to hear this case. Yeah. Cause I was like convincing, convincing. I mean, especially it had been talked about. The judge is going to have a more prob. I mean, I hate saying this, but the thought would be possibly a more clear uh, way of fair, looking fair at the minded. law. Yeah, fair-minded yes. approach to everything that's going on because they always talked about how there was no crime committed. Technically, there wasn't a crime because she didn't kill him. He committed suicide, and they were giving her, they gave her involuntary manslaughter charges, and they said that her wanton and reckless behavior attributed to his death, meaning that mm. be because she never told him in any way, shape, or form to stop, you shouldn't kill yourself, alert the authorities, call his parents, call somebody, tell someone, hey, this kid's at Kmart, and he said he's killing himself, and instead she didn't say anything. She just kept it quiet until so weeks later. Why? So why did she encourage him to, you know, like those – famous text messages where she would say, go back in the truck and finish it off. Okay. So, all right. So she never said that. That's that was where the media took. Okay. So the, what, what she said, I want to say, we'll just call it weeks after the death weeks after she texted her friend, Sam Boardman and said, I could have stopped this. I could have prevented it. He got out of the truck and I fucking told him to get back in. Mm. And, and so, but that was only in text to Sam that she claimed she did that. But the catch was, in my opinion, she, you can't try, you can't say you got to take her word for that when earlier she was saying some bullshit that wasn't real at all. Like you can't say, believe her now, but don't believe her there. You know what I mean? Like if she's yeah. a, if she's a sociopathic liar, then she's lying all the time. You have to assume everything's a lie. And she purposely lied multiple times to her girlfriends in text message to try to get them to react to her wildly so she could get attention. Multiple different mm. examples well, were given. Well, the thing about, in my experience with um, sociopaths, um, I always found that a majority of what they say is a lie, but when they are telling the truth, there's always a hint of, there's a little bit of a lie in it or vice versa. So they'll tell a story, but there's a little bit of truth in it, but most of the rest of it is a lie. Does that make sense? Yeah, they built it. So th there was no doubt they were on the phone for 45 minutes while he was in the truck. They know that for sure. How did he end like the Because of the phone, the phone records. How did he kill himself? He, uh, he, he bought a generator to, to power a water with a water pump and a water pump, rigged it into the back of his, into the, back rear cab of his truck and turned it on so he would die of the of the fumes he did all the research on his own he researched how to set up the water pump and he researched what to do how to do it going back to like the encouraging text right so there were encouraging texts because that morning she the first thing she texted him was are you awake he says yeah she says are you gonna do it 
today? He's like, I don't know. I'm still at the house. And she's like, you should do it during the day. And like, was like giving him those types of suggestions. You can, it, and so the suggestive text messages, if you will, to die, so to speak, right? If you're going to talk about that as an era in their relationship, this is like the way the psychologist explained it. Basically, her medication from Celerex or something like that, this one, to, or from Prozac to Celerex or something. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When she was on Prozac, she had tried to commit suicide. She confided into a friend about this attempt that she almost had, which is a, a major indicator on Prozac for a youth taking or for a side effect. Suicidal thoughts is is a possibility on Prozac. So they switch her to this other drug. Well, it was right around the same exact time she switched drugs. She went from trying to keep him from talking about committing suicide to encouraging him. It coincides hmm. exactly. It was, and the catch was that that drug that she switched to when she began encouraging him was the same drug he was on. Interesting. It's like she takes that drug and gets on his wavelength. I, I'm just so confused. Like, I would love... They never talked to the girl, though. No, her and her family refused to interview. The only audio you get from her is when they first um, brought her in for questioning. They asked her for her cell phone, and that was the last... Like, they talked to her a couple... They asked her a couple questions, and then, and then they asked her for her cell phone, and they asked her to unlock it, and they say, you know, uh, well, we have a search warrant for your cell phone, so we're going to hold on to this for a little while. And she's like, am I going to get it back? And he's like, yeah, eventually. And that, and, I mean, it's and crazy. It. She got two and a half years in prison um, and it was reduced to 15 months plus five years probation. She is now 23 years old, right? And her birthday is August 11th. So she'll be 24. She's a Leo. Kind and, of close to your age. Aren't you? Isn't that your I, birthday? No, I'm kind of close to my birthday. I was like, um, she does not represent Leos. Okay. <laughs> um, she, uh, but I'm just thinking like five years probation. All right. So say she's done with probation by the time she's 28. My, my thought is in five years, are people gonna, cause it's like now she gets to go live life. How is that going to be? No one's going to recognize her though. I don't think. I mean, those, oh, those eyebrows are pretty right. <laughs> so freaking eyebrows. Are you kidding? Ah, uh, they're going to spot her a mile away. Are you kidding well, me? Well, no, eventually people forget, you know how it is. Especially now during quarantine, she's got plenty of time to stay home and chill and adjust to life out of prison. I don't think she's served hard time, you know, but, but also I would, I would venture to say that the entire ordeal 
she learned her lesson. And if she didn't, then she is absolutely crazy. Like she, because I, I don't, this is what I think. I think she was on the phone with him and I believe he, he was going through with it. She was trying to comfort him or she didn't believe him because that was the other thing. There were lots of, lots and lots of, uh, instances where he would say he was going to kill himself and then stop replying to her all night. And then in the morning he would be there. And he did this repeatedly for, for weeks and weeks and weeks leading up to his death. Like in her mind, there was, it was a fantasy world. You know what I mean? In her real life, she was just, she was a straight, she was a great student. I would love to know like what her parents, what both of their sets of parents are like. So the, the, the son's parents are both interviewed and talked to, you know? Oh, that's right. Well, they had the, he was, the dad was abusive. So. Yeah, and he talked about the fight, the fist fight with the, with his son, and he was like, "I think every man has had the conversation with his son where, well, if you ever try to punch me, you're gonna you're gonna be in for it." And he goes, "And that's what happened." And mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was watching with my friend. She asked me, "Did you ever fight your dad?" And I have a stepdad and a real dad. And on one occasion with both of them, I definitely tried them. You know what I mean? I definitely mm-hmm. tried them, and they had to put the man strength on me. And I was like, "Whoa!" Like I realized, like. It was different. Yeah. I, was prob- I was probably like 12 or 13. And I remember kind of like getting with my stepdad and kind of r- roughhousing him. And he just pulled this like, wah, wah, pa, like on the ground. Like I was incapacitated immediately. Like oh, it, was, wow. it was man strength. And, and I would say the same with most 13 or 14 year olds. If I had a 13 year old son right now and he was acting up, I could probably put him down on the ground pretty quick. Yeah. Like just because I'm a grown ass man. And I, and at the end of the day, I could see where Conrad was fighting back like that, you know, like, cause we all get rebellious, you know, kids get rebellious and, and everyone, and he clearly had some sort of chemical imbalance going on or else he wouldn't have been on psychiatric drugs. Right. As far as her parents. Cause I'm assuming they, oh, they were blindsided. They had to be, I would love to just be a flag on the wall at her family home. Well, you know, like I said, I really believe there was a lot of fantasy involved. Like a lot of like this, like, oh, that was the other kind of strange quirk that they talked to. Actually, the guy in the documentary goes, okay, it was weird. It wasn't strange. It was weird. Did you ever watch Glee? Oh, I only watched like an episode. I'm not into those scene So there, so there shows. was a, there was a, the main character, I, I Leah Michelle, maybe she was married to the, the actual character, Corey Monteith. They were both like, they were actually uh, a relationship in real life yes. and in the show. Well, in real life, he committed suicide. Well, in the show, they wrote him as getting killed off. And so you had like these people, you know, it was a, it was a strange moment in television as he explains it, because you had these people, mourning in character to the loss of this fictional character that actually died Mm, yeah that would be weird and so they were like singing these songs to praise him and you know and like uplift his name and you know what i mean and like it was like a, a montage of music to sing songs about how great he was if you will or how sad they were in that episode she uses certain language about the character and then in real life interviews when leah michelle talked about it like with ellen she uses certain language to describe it and this girl michelle used that same language to her friends about conrad dying so like she identified with these shows and and the the psychologist or whoever it was the critics whoever was on the documentary were trying to insinuate that somehow she felt like she was living out this fantasy of the tv shows that she loves so much in this relationship with conrad 
damn. And like she hmm. really wanted to be the grieving girlfriend. So twisted. And I think she was just a liar. I think she was just a kid thinking she could get away with anything in text world and then and realize that everything was, you know, kind of unraveling and she just liked to tell lies for some reason. There's a well, there's a couple of it. those those stories where the girl there's another one where the boyfriend killed himself and the girl girlfriend was like, I hope you die. And they would, but they would do it to each other. So it was just like this, like completely poisonous relationship. Yeah, they were kind of abusive to each other. I hope you die. I hope you die. Why don't you go kill yourself? Well, they do that in this, they show where in this relationship, they had the same thing where they would like have this weird sort of like wordplay back and forth that they would do where it would kind of get violent or angry or mean. And Mm -hmm. that was their way of like getting attention from each other. And at the end of the day, I really thought it had to do more with attention. Like she got attention and satisfaction from people reacting to her stories, her, her. Oh, well, I mean, I do think that a lot of times when people get so mad or sad, they threaten to kill themselves. It is for attention. You know what I mean? But so I could see something along those lines. And and they fed into it with each other. They knew that they could mm-hmm. reach out to. Her. She knew she could reach out to him, and he was going to tell her something that got her attention somehow. You know, she would like text her her girlfriends and invite them to hang out, and they would never come hang out with her. So she would tell them some wild story, mm-hmm. some wild mm-hmm. lie to try and get their attention. People lying. Oh man. I hesitated to tell this story, but I wanted to because I could, this is what it made me think of when I was when I was like in middle school. At the time, three-way calling was the coolest new thing, right? And so I had my own phone line. Already lying. And so we could like, you could three-way call someone or whatever. The girl I was kind of dating introduced me to her girlfriend from another town. And we were all, we would all talk, right? Because she had moved from that town to our town, I guess. And for some reason, I made up some lie, right? About what Amanda told me about Jamie right or what jamie told me about amanda like i whatever it was it was completely fabricated right i don't know why i decided to do that you know what i mean but i told the one girl oh yeah jamie said this and then it was just like giant drama filled fest right and i was and I, i couldn't believe like the outcome i ended up losing them all as friends you know what i mean because I, oh, oh no! Yeah, ultimately admitted that I had made it up, you know, and I couldn't explain myself, so I looked like an idiot. But have uh, you done it since? No, no, no. That was a lesson. See, that was like a, I, was, I felt awful. You know what I mean? I felt like I was, I couldn't believe that that's what came of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I can think of the one time. I can't. I'm the worst liar. Like I am the worst. Um, but I do remember doing something very similar and I was like five and I lied about my mom spanking me to my aunts and my grandma oh and I said something that you know my aunt uh that my mom spanked me and for just looking at something and I part of me wonders if that's why they've never really liked my mother (laughs) Oh man, that's so mean. I was five at the time and I've never, 
I've never lied about anything since. I think it says more about social like experiments, so to speak. As a young kid, we were like socially experimenting. What happens when we say say something that's out of our imagination as the truth? Will people yeah. believe us? Like testing the water on how to be believed. I so I, I have yeah, this, and I, I always have always felt bad about that. I, I remember when I was a kid, I would go to tell my mom something, and sometimes she would, and if I was laughing, she would think that I was lying. And even though I was telling the truth, I was just laughing. Right. And she would always think mm. I was lying. So I learned how to say everything with a straight face. See, you're terrible. Uh, I've caught somebody. Well, this is how I always knew that the guy, the last guy I dated was kind of lying. I mean, he lies about everything. Like he lies about stupid stuff. He'll tell these outrageous stories. And I'm like, none of that actually happened to it. And he's like, no, it didn't. I'm like, why do you even lie about that? It's so dumb. But I could tell when I would question him about something, just say somebody text him. And I said, who are you talking to? And he would say, my friend. I go, really? Who's your friend? Is it a girl? And he would be like, mm, and he'd start laughing. And like, I have this weird face. I'm like, see, I know you're lying. Like, like you, he, cause he'd always do that weird smile thing. And I was that like, was yeah, I know when you're lying. Yeah. That was his tell. And so. see me, I just straight face everything. I don't care what it is. I can, oh, I can usually God. almost always put on a straight face and just say it, whatever it is. I could not do it. Yeah, childhood memories. Coronavirus, Aaron, uh, death toll tops 25,000. That's what it says on my TV right now. Oh, wait, what? In yeah. the U.S.? U.S., yeah, U.S. coronavirus. So Okay, my question is, do we – I still don't know anybody that's got coronavirus. Uh, I don't know anybody personally either. I know a lot of people who say they think they had it back in November and December and right. blah, blah, blah. Because if so, if that was the case, then I had it too. But I, I, I believe that the, the, the jury is still out on that. I saw in Corpus Christi, there's a doctor who is doing these blood tests, right? It's a finger prick where they test your mm -hmm. blood for an antibody to see if you've had it or if you have the, the antibody to fight it off. Apparently, some people have the antibody. Interesting. He's charging 50 bucks a finger prick. Oh, wow. 50 bucks. Yeah. No insurance required. Come on by. Oh, great. Kind of seems a little sketch. I mean, I'm, I know they're doing those tests, but. Um, yeah, it seemed uh, a little weird to me, too. I was like, hmm. But, and so, but if you go, it has like a thousand shares on his post. And underneath, you have all the naysayers. These aren't FDA approved. Blah, blah, blah. You, know, you know, Facebook has the answers to everything. Katie, apparently. Let me see if I can pull it up on my phone. Because uh, my buddy Wu Chang, he is the one who posted it earlier. Two Katy area zip codes among highest COVID-19 cases count in Harris County. 77449-77084-77088 in Harris County have the highest numbers of confirmed cases as of April 11 data between 21 and 40, 61 and 100 in, two of the, in, uh, in 084 and 449 uh, 61 to 100 cases in both of those zip codes. Interesting. So that's 529 and 99, and then 99 and 10, just north, between 529 and 10, between the Grand Parkway and 6. Okay. Are you looking online? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, ABC 13, because I think they have it by zip code. I'm trying to pull it up. They've got all kinds of testing sites up in the Katy area that are opening up now because clearly they need all that testing to be done. The other one was Pasadena. I remember Pasadena had a pretty high count and I want to say League City or Texas City, one of them, maybe League City. So did you see the map I posted of the zip codes? No, I did not. Here, I'm going to text it to you right now so you can see uh, 
which one you're in because I'm 11 to 20 in my area. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, you're in a 21 to 40. You might be in a 41 to 60, actually. Oh, here we go. Boom. I feel like the, the mice in my uh, computer are spinning their wheel as fast as they can oh, to I get you. my computer to go, and it's not working. I am in a maybe a 41 to 60. Yeah, I feel like that's your color. I'd be careful, Aaron. Interesting. Hmm. You're over there ripping and running to all the grocery stores on her bike. and. I mean, yeah, 40. I, yeah, I'm in the, uh, like you're 11 to 20. And I bet most of them are homeless. Oh, that's, mm, that's a good point. 41 to 60. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's pretty close to your home, huh? You, you probably do know someone. They just haven't said anything. Well, and my question is, each one of those little blocks, the little chunks, there's 41 to 60 people in that chunk. Yes. Okay. There's a lot of cases in Harris County when you think about it, you know, when you really look oh, at Oh, yeah. How many people have died in Houston, the Houston area? Oh, uh, I, I don't. Oh, I could. Let me look at, uh, let me check Mr. Bill Bishop. He's got the running total all the time. Um, let's see. List. Oh, I feel like if this is correct, it says a combined 52 in Harris County and... It says combined deaths. I'm just trying to think, like, I feel like there's some states that they don't even have that. You know what I mean? And we've got it in just one city. But then again, could be worse. We could be New York. I mean, I can't even imagine. So uh, four hours ago, uh, the mayor said as of 1 p.m., the city of Houston had given out more than 800 unique codes. Oh, that's for testing. So apparently we're testing up to like 2,000 people a day now or something like that. Mm -hmm. I believe that's what I, what I saw. For anybody that wants to be tested. Yeah, that, that's also open now. Oh, my God. Are you ready for this? I, there's an article that says a head lice drug being studied as a possible COVID-19 cure. Where did you find that at? For, uh, on ABC 13. They just had the article come up 14 minutes ago. What? So you can tell Baytown definitely. Uh, I think this is, yeah, I-10 and like Baytown Channel View. They're a, big, they're a hot spot, too, for our area. It's kind of hard. It's it's a fun game to try and see if I can realize where all the different places are at. Like what zip code is what city? Like, well, that one that's off of I-10, that's off of, uh, I guess that would be Channel View or Galena Park, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And then north mm -hmm. of that, mm -hmm. you're looking at, what is that, New Caney and Mount Bellevue? So you got the Beltway, and then you go and you see you that go one north on the Beltway. Well, that's like, is that Crosby? That's I believe Crosby. it is. Crosby's yeah. in the white. I think the ones up Beltway 8, that would be like Lake Houston. Um, Kingwood. Yeah, towards Atascacita. For sure. Yeah, I see you. Now Now I see it. Now I'm picking up what you're putting down there. And then look at Missouri City, Sugarland. you know, out that direction. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. But no one's beating Katie out there at 99. I wonder why. Do you think it was Louisiana Mardi Gras people? Or do you think that maybe they were at uh, – because I, I feel like that area that is north of 610 between 45 and 249, do you see which one I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one giant Dark blue. blue. Yeah. I feel like that's the Ramon Ayala um, neighborhood because I drive down Fairbanks, North Houston, which runs through there to get to 249. I drove down that road all the time. I'd stop at this – there were lots of restaurants where they were, you know, in all, all, all the letterings in Spanish – and I would stop and get tacos at some of those little canicerias there. And it was a very, uh, very Hispanic. Well, community. I feel like that's more that what you're talking about. I feel like because that's off of 45. I feel like that is that blue blue chunk is more like cross timbers. Um, 
and that kind of um uh, you area. don't think that's fairbanks north houston off of 290 going towards the horse track i feel like well i see what you're saying yes because have you ever taken 249 from 45 to two i've taken 249 down to antoine so like if you're on 45 and you take 249 all the way to willowbrook so uh, if you take 249 to willowbrook but and once you go past uh, uh beltway eight and you go uh go south i take i've taken that's still 249 i've taken that to antoine and that's as far as i've gone okay so if you if you keep going all the way to 45 like heading south mm -hmm. like it, it, it's there's a just a lot of resale car shops and poo -poo yeah and, and well I, I feel like that's kind of a you know it, you could either go hispanic or it could be a black area i, I really think a lot of it came out of the out of the cook-off tent and the ramon ayala concert because just and i only say that because how easily it seems to spread like all the all of the research that i've seen which hasn't been tons obviously seems to say that it's super easily contagious so much that you could just be sitting in the room talking to someone and give it to them it seems like yeah. it's that easily passed on from one person to the next and in that case in my mind if there was a woman who is at the ramon ayala concert then she likely got everyone that she talked to or went with and sat around they were all possibly contaminated true and especially if we, at that moment in time we were definitely not paying attention uh like, here locally as far as like wash your hands don't touch your face you know what i mean i think it was starting to get to that point where we were starting to be a little more cognizant of it but it definitely wasn't to what it is now we know, were obviously. deep into the antibacterial world still oh just use yeah. antibacterial gel just use your antibacterial gel that's what we were all saying you know that's what yep. everyone was kind of doing wash your time. hands don't touch your face yeah, we didn't realize the contagion and how easily it was spread. Like we thought about it, we heard about it, we, you know, we pontificated, but we didn't actually know. And now that you realize it spreads like that, to me, that that woman probably got ten, fifteen people unknowingly sick that day. And and I, and I don't mean to place blame. It's not that point. I want to make sure that I'm just kind of kind of talking about the the way it works, you know, the way it spreads. Mm -hmm. And so, so many people unknowingly went home, got their family sick or got their neighbors sick. And then the way the nursing homes, that's the perfect example of how oh, crazy it spreads. Like if the whole nursing home or the whole jail can get it, that's pretty serious. You know, that's a really mm -hmm. bad infection that spreads like that. A really One thing I don't see, you know, they talk about how um, on this thing that I'm looking at on ABC 13, it's got the sex breakdown of male versus female. And one thing that we hear about nationwide is how it's affecting people of color more for some reason, you know. There's a couple a couple of factors from what I've heard. The one was that they have a higher case of underlying conditions in general. And so that becomes the, the crux of why they pass from the coronavirus. That's why their numbers are higher. The other was that um, in underserved communities, healthcare is hard to come by. Right. But I wonder what that is like for Houston, because that's not one that's not one of the, the stats that I'm able to see. It's like, you know, well, active I'll, cases, age groups, you know, sex, but it doesn't have anything about race and how that is broken down. Well, I'll say this. I think that rodeo and cook-off were the two catalysts for us. Mm -hmm. There's no other way around it because the people that came out of the tent, there were like four or five people who were all in the same tent. Or people coming from Louisiana and Mardi Gras. Absolutely right. There you go. And those people likely went to cook-off and to rodeo, I would imagine. Yeah. At least some of them did. Sure. And so, so those two places become the, you know, 
the, the spread. Well, if you weren't there, you didn't get it. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, for most of the audience, like those weren't, they weren't the biggest shows. They, they, all the biggest shows didn't happen yet. So rodeo kind of got a break and we got a break because the biggest gatherings at rodeo didn't happen. Oh God. I know. It was like Lizzo. Oh, all the, yeah. Okay. Do you see where I'm well, going with I that? Mean, like we dodged what? the bullet essentially because we, the biggest shows, the biggest gatherings didn't happen here. Like we dodged the bullet. Like there was right. a, there was the right thing to cancel it. And I think that, that maybe the underserved communities weren't able to go to rodeo. That was the rest of my point, I guess. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, when we talk about cook-off, there was people from that tent. And I mean, that's really kind of where it probably really started for parts of our area. Yeah, Um, because if you think about, because my thing is if someone was in in a cook-off tent and one person had it, it's impossible they didn't give it to other people. I think that was confirmed, actually, that four or five people, you know? Yeah, because there was... I feel like the the Montgomery County case, and then there there was a Galveston County case that they got it from that tent because those two people were there together. But we don't even know where they got it. I mean, where the first person got it was it from the tent, or was was there somebody else? We'll Well, never know. I I did some research because I was curious. I was curious where the tent was in accordance to where the the bull tent was because I thought you know obviously if. If there was a tent at Cookoff where several people got sick, were we close to that tent? You know, was I close oh, yeah. enough to inhale it? You know, and so on the map, I found that. So basically, what I did is I went to the results of the Cookoff, and I found the Cookoff Wait, did team. Did you pull an Aaron Austin? And I did. Do do some investigative research. What? I sure did. I, I learned from the best, and so yeah. I, I I found the I found the research. I found the um the list of winners, or you know the places. And then I found the, the name of the tent, which was roadkill cafe or roadkill cookers, I think. And so then I saw where they placed and I saw their name. And so I found their tent number. So then I pulled up the map, which has oh, the yeah. corresponding tent number. And so then I found it and it was all the way along six ten at the very end. I believe it was like the very last oh, row, very last row. Okay. which is actually a good thing because that means mm-hmm. it didn't, it, it only partnered two people, not four, you know, there wasn't a front, a back and a left and right of uh people you know um mm-hmm. coming in and out if you will and so we were and also complete opposite side of where we are absolutely right we're, we're closer to nrg and kirby and so we were far away and so then i was like i wonder if i can find i wonder if these people have a facebook page so i went okay. to the facebook page and they hadn't posted anything on the it was the latino police officers association they hadn't posted anything in like a year This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. On their fan page, but they had, I went through their tagged photos and they had a, a guy who was tagged as the DJ from the year before at the tent. So I went to his page to follow up with him. Which My God, you put, totally pulled an Aaron. Okay. Look how far down the, the hole I traveled, right? And so yeah. then I, I go into this, I go to his page and there's a live video from the 27th inside the tent. And which was so, the day before that the, the police officer that got it was there. Exactly. Yeah. Cause he was there on the 28th, they said. And so okay. during this, during this live video, it turns out there's like a celebrity barbecue cook-off going on inside of there. And the guy is kind of filming everyone. And there were a lot of public figures inside the tent. Uh, one of which was uh, Deborah Duncan. And then there were other radio personalities in the tent. And there may have been a couple other TV people. I, I don't recall the whole video. I, I want to say Deborah Duncan was on stage talking and giving a, like a speech about the barbecue she was eating and thanking the Latino police officers association for all the work they do in the community and stuff. And it made me wonder, I wonder if Deborah Duncan got it. I wonder if she had a crime. Cause she was in yeah, the Yeah. I mean, you know? or, or got tested or even knows. Yeah. Has she even put two and two together to figure? Yeah. That's a good question. Does she know she was in the tent that the coronavirus was in? I would hope that she would know that. Whew. Yeah. I had Wait. to go through, I had to go through Hang a on lot a of second. Hang on a second. I'm trying to think, was I was, okay, so I was at cook-off all of those nights, but the Sunday of cook-off that weekend, I believe was the wine tasting event, the big wine tasting thing that we do. Oh, at Rodeo, and, like Rodeo Uncorked? Yes, Rodeo Uncorked. And I want to say she was there. Where, did you talk to her? I mean, no, but she was like, say like you and I are in the studio together. It'd be like me across the console from you. But she's looking the other way or she's talking to someone else? It's like she's talking to another group of people. Well, see, I, I wonder if you're that close, if that's, I mean, if that's communica communicable, is that the word? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I would think not, but man, and you didn't, you didn't have any coronavirus symptoms, right? No. I mean, yes. I get hot flashes, but that's just because I'm a woman. We're not, we're not going to go into that's, details. That's not the <laughs> Yeah, and I only get chest pains because I'm brokenhearted. <laughs> right. I'm going to send her a tweet, and I'm going to tag the podcast in it and be like, hey, Deborah, we have a question for you at the 38-minute oh, yeah. mark about COVID-19. Did you ever have fever, chest pains, or a cough? Yeah. Are you corona-free? Wellness check. I don't watch enough of the local news, or at least I don't catch her enough to know if she's been on TV or not. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I feel like maybe I've seen her since I just know that Chauncey Glover from um, ABC 13, he came down with the coronavirus. So did he get time off or did he get to broadcast from home? What they do for that? So he got time off, obviously. And then once he was okay, then he revealed that he had it. And now he's doing brought, you know, his pieces from the house. Our uh, buddy JC, who was on the show uh, a few episodes ago, have you seen the TV setup that he has for Nick? Oh, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was watching Nick on TV and it was exceptional backdrop behind him. And I noticed the sound insulation on the wall was the old sound insulation from the bull studio that they gave away. So JC turned it, the side room into a TV studio for, for Nick. <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean, he was so good at putting that stuff together, but that's why, you know, you're going to have him put together your, uh, your living room and your yeah, place. interior design. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, so. And I told 
system, I was like, I think I'm going to need you to do something else for me. You know, because well, I'm going to have to put speakers in the ceiling and everything. You know, I want to have a nice sound system in my living room and kitchen and dining room because it's all included together. So, you know, yeah. I want to have it where, you know, the music, I can put on the music and it's placed. Well, and I'm with all that money you've been saving on not eating out, you can afford it. Yeah. And well, all that money's in the stock market. No. Well, yeah. there's that. But hey, we get paid on Friday. That's good news. Good news. I mean, it's it's not as big as I'd like. Um, it never is, Aaron. It never is. Eh, but, you know, and there is that pay cut that we had to take. But you know what? I'm going to take my blessings. Hey, that's right. Like a pay cut's better a than a job loss. That's for sure. Yes. And at the end of the day, like as weird as it is, a part of me understands like I kind of have like it's like hey look man you want to take a 10% pay cut or do you want to take a hike they didn't give us that ultimatum however it's for the goodness of the group it's not for it, it we took a pay cut so they wouldn't fire us all you know what I mean mm -hmm. like we have a job because we took a pay cut because otherwise they would have to cut more full-time jobs and yeah it's kind of the way I see it like I, you know we'll fall on the sword for each other because hey we're the last one it's like if this is a reality show you know it's like yeah you know I I, I love my job. I don't want to leave this job. You know what I mean? I love getting to do what I get to do. And I love, I, I will eat that cockroach for you. Yes. Uh, like, <laughs> for the betterment of the team. Yes. Yeah. So that everybody can go on to the next round, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fear factor all in all. Um, I, I, I think we have another three weeks of this and I think they're going to start. What, do, what businesses do you think they're going to start opening up first? Well, I know for like the state of Oregon, they were talking about, elective surgery surgeries being the first thing to start popping back up um so i can see that i can see the doctor's appointments because i mean think about all of the i mean i was supposed to have a dentist appointment i couldn't even go i mean getting your teeth cleaned can't go and get or a filling or whatever i think those things will start popping back i mean i hope haircuts oh hell yeah do you know what I did while uh, waiting for you uh, before this podcast? I said I had this tiny little pair of scissors and I was letting the sunlight come in through the window and it's shining on all of my little split ends. And I was just snip, snip, snipping away. Oh, look at that. Cat manicure. So ridiculous. So yeah, I would, I would love for that to come back. Well, and that's the thing they talk about how every it, it's not going to fully open, but it's like, how do you really determine I mean, and how people, because we've talked to, you know, our bosses said, oh, well, it's just not going to, people aren't going to get back to life at normal. And I said, or are you going to have the people that just don't care? And they're like, I'm ready for it to get back to normal. I'm just going to do everything like it was before. Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of that. But also, I, I think the concerts are going to be down a lot longer than we think. The mass, did you, uh, mass did you see that? People. What? Uh, that's actually like one of the, the things I was going to mention. Found this article talking about how some experts, and I don't know who these experts are, uh, but they said they don't think concerts are going to come back until 2021 at, I mean, at the earliest. Because they don't want con people congregating together to stop the spread um so the guy okay so zeke emmanuel he is the director of healthcare transformation institute at the university of pennsylvania good god that's a long title he believes that you can't just flip a switch and open the whole society up it's just not going to work it's too much the virus will definitely come back flare back to the worst levels so well, if they just develop the antibody we can get over it because they just shoot you with the thing and then you're better right, right? 
And it, then that and goes back full circle to our stock that we mentioned at the very beginning. Yes, and molecular biotech. Can, yes, if they can come up with the cure, then we're good. Did we cover everything we were going to talk about? I think we did. I mean, right. and then some. Well, so don't mind me. I'm letting my dogs out of their kennels. Hey, now. who let the dogs out? Aaron um, did. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good one, Aaron. And I will. All right. uh, Sounds good. See you on the other Peace side. Out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.